Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness. It's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Hello and welcome to Vitality Radio. I'm your host each and every week. And this show is going to be, I think, maybe one of the most important shows that I've ever delivered. And that's saying something because I think I'm on like 2,300 shows that I've done over the years. Not, you know, 340 podcasts, but a whole bunch of shows before that as radio shows. And while tons of topics that I've talked about have been critically important topics, um, you know, everything from Alzheimer's disease to cholesterol and cholesterol medications and psychobiotics, one of my favorite topics, talking about probiotics and how they impact your brain and everything in between, digestive health is, I think, really where the rubber meets the road, so to speak, with our health. If our digestion is not efficient, if it's not effective, if our elimination is also not efficient and effective, then our health suffers in significant ways. And over time, I believe it leads to a lot of disease and certainly a lot of discomfort. So today, I have, I've I've been thinking about this actually for a while. I've been going over it with uh, Jessica uh, who, you know, prepares, helps me prepare a lot of these shows. And, uh, we initially thought, well, I just talk about acid reflux and my story through acid reflux, because I've told the story briefly in a few other episodes. I even told it on Carlin cars, a Carlin calls podcast, just ingredients. Um, and I didn't want to just tell the story again, but I wanted to tell the story and be able to elaborate on that story and give a little bit more detail because I've had more questions about that story and how to address acid reflux naturally than probably any other questions that I get that aren't, you know, general questions like where do I start and that kind of thing. In terms of a category, I don't think I talk about anything more than digestive health. Maybe number two would be mental health, like anxiety and things like that. So as I've been going back through my episodes and looking at what I have done and what I haven't done, I decided I was going to do a comprehensive digestive health episode. I've had a lot of success with episodes like this over the last uh, six, eight months or so that I've been doing them. And I think it's because it gives you as a listener a, you know, kind of a one site spot that you can use for a reference guide for that particular thing. I did one on collagen called the user's guide to collagen and one on magnesium, the user's guide to magnesium. I did one on the vital five, uh, where I didn't go over each of the vital five products in depth, but I went over each of them in kind of a who, what, when, where, why type of a, of a way of looking at it rather than super deep super clear is what I was shooting for, trying to help people actually get where they need to be in terms of the education on how do I actually use this? Why should I be using it? What the heck is it actually doing? But without necessarily getting into the weeds. So over the years, people have asked me so many questions about acid reflux, like I mentioned, but also IBS, Crohn's, colitis, diverticulitis, gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, leaky gut, and the list goes on and on. And that's the thing about digestive health. It's different for all of us, right? What you're dealing with isn't going to be the same as what your partner's dealing with, isn't going to be the same as what your kid's dealing with, isn't going to be the same as what uh, I'm dealing with. And frankly, I really believe that we all deal with it to some degree, right? I don't know that anybody listening to this show is perfectly regular all of the time or always feels great after they eat or never experiences gas or bloating. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing, right? If we didn't ever have any of those issues, it'd be fantastic. But it's probably not reality for the majority of people and maybe not for anybody listening to this show. So I wanted to still it all down and I want to tell you exactly what I think you're going to learn on this show right now. First off, is this show for you? I'm going to say this show might be the most universal show I've ever delivered. 
Everybody needs this information. Everybody needs this education. I think it's really, really valuable. Second, how, what are you actually going to learn? Well, first, you're going to learn a lot of individual components to digestion. We're going to talk about how eating under stress impacts your health and impacts your digestion. We're going to talk about my optimal protocol for digestive health. You know, what can you do right now that will optimize your digestion? And we'll talk about each of the individual components of that. We'll talk about why eating a salad might actually make your gut hurt more than eating at McDonald's. Yeah, I've actually heard that before and not just from one person. We'll talk about how I did beat acid reflux, even though I really didn't know what the heck I was doing. And we'll also talk about how to determine if you need any of these individual components of my protocol, not just what they are and how they work, but how can you tell if you need them? Those are the things that we're going to discuss today on Vitality Radio. I'm really excited to bring this show to you. I hope that it's extremely helpful. I hope it's one that you can go back to and reference uh, and uh, share it with friends and family that are struggling with this stuff because I'm going to try to make it as comprehensive as I can while also making it simple and easy to, we'll say, digest. All right, so let's talk about the components that we're going to talk about. It's not all going to be uh, supplements, but let's talk about what supplements you'll learn about today first, and then we'll talk about some other things that are more lifestyle-oriented as well. Digestive enzymes, probiotics, apple cider vinegar and betaine HCL, aloe vera juice, ox bile, which are also known as bile salts. In this show description, I'm also going to link to the best shows I've done on enzymes, probiotics, and aloe vera, where I've done comprehensive shows with experts on these topics and um, lots of shows on probiotics, of course, maybe my favorite topic to talk about. But uh, we'll have links for those. So if you do want to get into the weeds a little bit more, those episodes will be listed in the show description. So that's how we're going to approach this show. And I'm going to start off with what I like to talk about as preparing for proper digestion. And so in preparing for proper digestion, what does that even mean? Well, first, let's talk about what you do before you sit down to eat. First, I'm going to say just a little caveat, and that's not what this show is about, but you have to recognize, you have to recognize that what you eat matters most, not what supplement you take with it, not where you eat it or who you eat it with, but what you eat matters most. So obviously we have to watch that and try to put the healthiest, cleanest food into our bodies that we possibly can. But again, that's a story for another episode. What do we do before we eat? Well, this is my personal way of looking at it. It's my own protocol. And I'm going to be very, very frank with you right now. I don't always do it. I feel like I'm always in a hurry. I feel like eating is something that I need to do that is good for me, that can provide great nutrition for my body and fuel that I need for my brain and so on. But I oftentimes don't put enough effort into taking the time to eat. Much of my eating is spent a little bit too quickly. So I've done a couple of things in my life that have slowed that down a little bit. But I'm not that consistent with it yet. It's, it's a practice and it's, a, it's something that I would say is a in progress for me. But optimally, if I'm doing it right, if I'm doing it in a way that's going to really serve me and serve my body and even feed my soul with the nutrition that I'm about to put into my mouth, there's a few ways that I think make all kinds of sense to make that happen. The first thing is gratitude. Now, whether you are a uh, type of individual who is generally super grateful for um, everything in your life, you're keeping a gratitude journal, you're uh, spending a lot of time um, looking at all of the things in your life that are so amazing and you're a cup half full kind of a person, right? As opposed to a cup half empty kind of a person. I'm going to tell you that there's a lot of things you can be grateful for in your life, but 
without sustenance, you don't have a life, right? Without this food that you're about to eat, you don't have a life. Eventually, your life will end without this nutrition. And so it may be as important as anything that you could possibly be grateful for outside of maybe actual people, you know, your family members and things like that. It's a big deal. Now, if you're a religious person, I highly recommend prayer with your meals. Uh, a prayer of simple gratitude for the meal. I find uh, that we can get into the habit of these prayers becoming kind of trite and uh, repetitive. And so I encourage you to find a few other things to be thankful for besides your meal. Uh, one of the great things that I love to be thankful for when I offer a prayer prior to my meals is who I'm eating it with. I love to do that. That is if I like the people I'm eating with, <laughs> right? Hopefully you like the people you're eating with. And for the most part, I think most of us do. I certainly do. I can't think of anybody I've eaten with recently that I didn't like. So that's good. But other things that you can be grateful for as well. But a prayer of gratitude is a big deal. And why is it a big deal? Well, we actually know that gratitude reduces stress. It reduces cortisol. It actually calms the central nervous system and can help us come from fight or flight to rest and digest. And of course, that is what we're trying to do at this meal is rest and digest. And so gratitude before we even get to shoveling the food in our mouth is a big, big deal. If uh, environment matters, I used to often listen to podcasts while I would eat because I'm always trying to educate myself. And some of the podcasts I listen to, frankly, are really chill and just educational, great information. They don't stress me out. They do require a little bit of focus, though. Others are a little more stressful. Maybe they're a little more political. Maybe I'm learning about something stupid that's happening in the country I live in or the state that I live in or whatever else that I disagree with. Maybe there's news on. I don't very often eat TV when I or eat TV. I don't often watch TV or try to digest what's on TV while I'm eating, but sometimes I'll flip a YouTube video on on my phone or that kind of thing. So recently what I've done is moved over to if I'm eating solo, uh, which I probably do at least one meal a day that way, um, probably two more often than not, actually. Uh, when I'm eating solo, then I listen to music or I don't listen to anything. I've really started trying to turn off the podcast thing because then I can focus on the food. I can focus on the task at hand. I do like a little bit of sound. I'm sorry if that's uh, something that uh, strikes you differently. And that's okay. If you like peace and quiet at dinner time, have peace and quiet. I will say this. If you're eating with someone, Focus on two things, that person and that meal. Focus on those two things. Don't focus on the stress that you brought to the meal, the stress that you might engage in after the meal. Focus on the task at hand. And in focusing, remember that you only have teeth in one part of your body. Use them. Your mother probably at some point in her in your life said, chew your food, slow down, take a breath, something like that while you were eating. I think it's inherently programmed and innate in every mother that uh, ever was a mother. And it's a big deal. Chewing your food matters. That maceration that happens inside the mouth is creating a couple of different things. One is clearly it's breaking down the food from big chunks to smaller chunks, right? But also, your salivary glands are releasing digestive enzymes, which are actually breaking down the food into its individual components, which I'll talk a little bit more about in the next section when we talk about enzymes. So prep for food is a big deal. Gratitude for food, breath work prior to eating. If you're really feeling stressed, the straw breath is an amazing breath or the physiological sigh. I've talked about it on many episodes before. I talked about it with Carlin uh, at Just Ingredients. I highly recommend that one. It's the one where you do this. That's two quick breaths in 
from the nostrils and one long drawn out straw-like breath. Pretend that you're breathing through a long straw uh, with pursed lips. Uh, so that's coming out of your mouth. That's also innate within us. It is how we calm ourselves down when we're uh, having a good cry, that kind of thing. You've seen your children do it. If you've got kids, your grandchildren, you've done it yourself. It's that, right? You're calming yourself down. You're taking yourself from fight or flight to rest and digest. All of that pre-meal can be really, really effective and is really, really important. So I highly, highly recommend that. Okay, now let's talk about the uh, actual components of digestion as they occur inside the body without supplementation, okay? So we have what I just talked about in the mouth. We have the chewing motion and the actual maceration of the food. It's like a little you know, blender or food processor in your mouth. And it's a combination of two things. It's not just making it into smaller pieces, but it's actually starting to break down the food into its individual components. And that's happening with digestive enzymes. The two primary areas where our body creates digestive enzymes are in the salivary glands that come out in the saliva. And the body is brilliant that way. It only takes the smell or the taste of food for that salivary action to start happening as the body starts to prepare itself for digestion. And then the second place that that happens primarily is the pancreas. And the pancreas isn't, I guess, technically part of the digestive uh, tract, we'll say, but it is part of the digestive system as a whole. Basically, as food moves from the mouth to the stomach and then into the duodenum or duodenum, depending on who you ask, then that's when the pancreas has to do a little read and figure out what still needs to be digested and kick some enzymes in there. They're known as pancreatic enzymes. Now, what enzymes actually are doing is they're breaking down food into its individual components because your body doesn't recognize, it does not recognize a piece of chicken. It doesn't recognize a leaf of lettuce. It doesn't recognize a glass of milk. It doesn't recognize any of those types of things, an egg or whatever else you want to pick. At the blood and cellular level, those are not recognized as nutrition. They are actually just um, kind of useless material and not something that your body can actually do anything with. It is the digestive system that breaks all that stuff down. When, we're, when the enzymes are part of that process, we also have stomach acid and we have bile that comes from the liver and the gallbladder and all of these play a role. But let's start with enzymes specifically. Let's just take that example of a piece of chicken. If you've got a piece of chicken and it has 20 something amino acids in there and you have to break that chicken down, you're not just making it small like you would if you put it into a blender or a food processor. You're actually breaking apart the bonds that keep those amino acids together and form a whole protein. And we're turning them into individual proteins known as amino acids. Amino acids would consist of things like L-tryptophan or L-tyrosine or carnitine or arginine so many different amino acids that we could go over. There's a whole bunch of them, but those are the nutrients that your body actually recognizes and can do something with from a nutrition standpoint. It is the amino acid itself that actually is providing the nutrition, not the piece of chicken. So digestive enzymes to the largest degree are doing that. Now, the interesting thing about digestive enzymes is that they are, we have sort of a finite level of enzymes that we can actually produce. Think of it like a trust fund almost, uh, where, you know, somebody dies and they leave a million dollars in a trust fund and you can spend that million dollars in the first year or you can spend that million dollars over 30 years or 50 years. But when the million dollars is gone, the million dollars is gone. In fact, enzymes don't even accrue interest, okay? So basically, the more processed our food is, the less raw food we eat, the more enzyme load is required to digest that food. But also, 
the more stress we're under when we're eating, the less we chew our food. That plays a role as well and makes the rest of the digestive system far less active, far less effective, and therefore more enzymes are needed to break down that food. In other words, if we are someone who, or let's, I'll point at you. If you are someone who, as a child, didn't eat that great, uh, you were a chicken nuggets kid or a mac and cheese kid, or you know, maybe your kids are that type of kid. Um, and most of us, unfortunately, in America were raised in such a way that, yeah, we weren't eating that much raw food. We were eating a lot of processed food. And when I say most of us, our older generation, those in our 70s and 80s and 90s, you know, those people... They were eating a whole lot better than the people my age in the 50s and 40s and 30s. And unfortunately, the younger we get on that list, if you're a 30-year-old listening to this, you may be even at a higher risk of being one of those, well, I'll just say trust fund kids. Meaning that if you think of it like a trust fund, the more you use the enzymes, because you're not eating raw whole food that has enzymes in, in it, you're eating processed food that requires a lot more activity, then guess what? Your body is going to not have enough enzymes for you when it's time to retire, we'll say. When you're my age, I'm not ready for retirement, but uh, you get the point. The older you get, the less enzymes your body will produce. This is the interesting thing, though. And this is where it differs from a trust fund. If it's a trust fund, use up all the money, it's gone. And you can go get a job. But in the case of enzymes, the enzyme trust fund, your body is very, very wise and it knows that you will die if you run out of enzymes completely. And so it just throttles back production. It won't let your trust fund get empty. So the only way that you can really assist it is still to go get a job, but now you're kind of doing both things. You're getting some enzymes from your body and you might be supplementing some enzymes uh, through a capsule. And that would be the equivalent of a trust fund kid getting a job. I hope that wasn't too convoluted. All right. So that's kind of how enzymes work. They're really, really critical and our body makes them. But I believe, based on most of the research that I've seen and a lot of estimations that have been done, because there isn't um, there isn't a lot of uh, money, I guess, in studying this. But it appears that most of us are pretty deficient in enzymes by the time we reach our 30s. Um, 30, 35, at least 40, most of us could use a boost of digestive enzymes, which is why digestive enzymes as a supplement fall into my vital five. All right, so that's the digestive enzyme side and how they work in the body. The next thing is stomach acid. Now, stomach acid is also known as hydrochloric acid or HCL. And it's been blamed for acid reflux. And while it is HCL that is refluxing up into the esophagus, it's not often because there's too much HCL. And we'll explain that a little bit more when we get down to the uh, supplement side of things. But what we know about stomach acid is that it's kind of, it's not the same thing in terms of the trust fund thing, like I talked about with the enzymes, but it is kind of the same thing when it comes to age. Most of us, by the time we're 50 at least, and I would say in our 40s for most people, seem to just not be producing enough of it. it there's just isn't enough on hand. And so we struggle to digest our food with the stomach acid component. Now, acid breaks down different things than enzymes break down. And so one isn't better than the other, and one doesn't replace the other. They work in tandem. And as such, what we end up with is a need for both. And by the time we hit our 40s, 50s, in most cases, I would say we aren't getting enough of either produced inside the body. So that's those two components. The third component is bile. Now, there's a couple of reasons why we might struggle with bile production. And first, let's talk about what bile does. Bile is made in the liver. It is stored 
in something called the gallbladder. And the gallbladder then has to push bile into what are called the, the bile ducts. And that happens when we eat fatty food. And I'm not talking about necessarily fried chicken or butter or bacon or avocados or coconut oil or peanuts or walnuts or whatever. I'm talking about all of the fat. My point being good fat, bad fat, healthy fat, processed fat, omega-3s, omega-6s, omega-9s, omega-7s, all of those fats, every single one of them, bile is required to break down. And it basically works to kind of emulsify things, bring them down to a smaller uh, size, molecular weight and size, so that the body can then digest that fat. And so same thing, acid doesn't do the bile job and enzymes don't do the bile job, although there is an enzyme called lipase, which does help with the process of breaking down fat and getting fat out of food. They don't do the same thing. So how do we get our bile? Uh, how does that become challenged? Well, the first thing is surgery. People who've had bile stones or, um, you know, or sorry, uh, gallstones or gallstone attacks, gallbladder attacks, that kind of thing, and have opted for surgery will then have a bile problem. And it's not that getting rid of the gallbladder eliminates the bile. It's that it basically eliminates the body's natural function of secreting the bile at the proper dose when that bile is needed. Now what we have is we have a liver that is just kind of on a slow drip. It's putting bile into the bile ducts a little bit at a time all day long. And if there's no fat in your stomach at the time, that bile is just wasted. And if there is fat in your stomach at the time, you're not getting enough of the bile to actually utilize to break down that fat. So surgery is the first biggie. If you don't have a gallbladder, you probably need to look at supplying more bile, at least when you're eating high fat meals. And we'll talk about that again when we get into the supplement side of things. But the other one is just a sluggish liver and bile system. And frankly, the reason why people get gallstones in the first place is because of that sluggishness. And so we'll talk a little bit about what you can do for that sluggishness again, when we get into the supplements. But if you find that you really struggle with your fattier meals, that you feel gross after you eat, especially fried food or something like that, that it really is bugging you. Now, first, your body might be telling you, hey, lay off the French fries. But also, truth is, if you're 16 and you can eat as many French fries as you want in most cases, and you do just fine with it. Uh, but when you're 36 or 56, that's not always the case, right? And so... Those are the three big components along with, again, the actual teeth up in the mouth and then that uh, action that's happening in the stomach, the churning of the stomach, which actually works, uh, you know, kind of looks like a washing machine or something like that, you know, moving things around and allowing those things to actually break down. So that's how it's all working inside the body in very simple terms. What do we need to do if we're not getting enough of those things in our bodies that are, um, that, that, that basically we don't have enough juice. We don't have enough uh, stomach acid. We don't have enough enzymes. We don't have enough bile. There's some combination of those things. What can we do? Well, here's what it boils down to. Every single individual listening to this show has a little bit different picture when it comes to this. There's no way I can address all of them on one show, but I think I can help you understand kind of what area you sort of fit into if you'll listen when it comes to supplements and what you can do for digestion. If you'll listen to what I talk about in each one of these supplements, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through what they do, who might need them, when you should take them and how much, and what type or brand or potency is right for you? Those are the questions I'm going to try to answer with each one of these for the rest of the show. But before before I do that, I do want to mention something. I I, I promised it at the beginning, and I don't want to uh, I don't want to forget it. 
Are you one who eats a salad and it wrecks your gut, but you can eat a steak or a burger or something like that and it feels so much better? If you're one that's in that category, you know, specifically leafy vegetables really bother you, that would be a great indication that your uh, intestinal tract is under significant strain, probably low in digestive, or sorry, in probiotics in a big way. And we'll talk a little bit about those here in a minute. Um, but almost definitely low in digestive enzymes, probably low in stomach acid as well. Because the truth is, some foods are easier to break apart than others. And leafy vegetables, whether you believe they're super great for you or they're not, because there are some people that will say that they aren't and some people that say that they are. Regardless of what you believe, they require a bit of work to break down. You're trying to break apart all of that roughage, right? You're trying to get the nutrients out of that food and break down the fibrous uh, material that's holding that leaf of lettuce together. And if you don't have the juices to do it, it can wreck your stomach. It can make you feel really, really bad. Whereas if you eat food that's actually more processed, Believe it or not, it'll feel better. But that's not necessarily your body saying, hey, eat more processed food. I've had a lot of people come into me over the years and say, I can't eat a salad. I think they're healthy, but I can't eat a salad. And again, this show's not about whether a salad is healthy or not healthy or whatever else. But that is a fantastic indicator. It's a really, really great indicator that, yeah, your digestive juices are in need of a serious uh, bump, we'll say, in the positive direction. So I wanted to mention that. Now, before I get into the supplements, I promised that I would also talk a little bit about my acid reflux story. And I want to do that because, frankly, it will preface a lot of what I'm talking about with the supplements. My story is basically this. I bought a business that I shouldn't have bought. I was, I feel like I was basically um, scammed uh, with my best friend when we were in our early 20s. I think we were about 24 uh, when we bought this business. Uh, we were told a lot of things that weren't true. And from the day we took it over, it was losing money like crazy and creating all kinds of problems in our lives. And it was a business that had us out on the road. Now, for those of you who know a little bit about me, Vitality Nutrition has been around for 46 years. And yes, I did own the store when I was in my early 20s. I bought it when I was 22. And the store was doing fine. We weren't uh, make, you know setting records. We weren't quite sure at that young age how to build the store better. There wasn't an internet around just yet really to sell things online or any of that kind of stuff. And, and we felt like we were sort of stuck you know, making the income that we were making. And we were both young uh, fathers with one child at the time, trying to support, support our families and, you know, live the American dream, make good money and buy a nice house and all that kind of stuff. And frankly, we were probably pretty dumb. But regardless, we had the store and we thought we can run the store, um, you know, kind of part-time. We can run this other business kind of part-time. It'll We'll be working more than we were, but we won't be working two full-time jobs. We can do this. And what ended up happening is basically we ended up working the new job more like full-time, the store kind of part-time. The store did okay, but it didn't do as good without us in it, and the other business was just absolutely getting crushed. And it was a business where we had to be out on the road. We were out selling um, to other businesses, selling advertising to other businesses. So we were driving all over the place, and frankly, this is maybe the worst part of it. Most of the businesses we were selling to were uh, restaurants. It was, uh, you know, mail advertising through the mail and restaurants do the best with that type of advertising. So we spent a lot of time in little pizza joints and Mexican restaurants and all this kind of stuff. Now, did I know that that food wasn't healthy for me when I was 24? Yes, I did. Did I enjoy eating that food anyway? Yes, I did. Uh, it took a while for me to figure out that I really, really, really couldn't just rely on supplements to have a healthy body, but I also had to watch what I was eating to have a healthy body. And, and frankly, all of that is all always still a process trying to figure out, you know, what is optimal for me. Uh, I've mentioned on a couple of episodes now that I'm now almost 100% seed oil free. And there's a lot of healthy, quote unquote, healthy food, organic food that has seed oils in it, things like sunflower oil and safflower oil. And I always laugh at organic canola oil, which is terrible for you, whether it's organic or not. And uh, so I'm all the way to seed oil free now and mostly grain free almost completely grain-free. 
as a 50, nearly 51-year-old. But when I was a 24, 25-year-old, uh, yeah, that wasn't like that. Now, I ate reasonably healthy at home. But when I was out on the road, we ate the stuff that we were selling uh, advertising to. So we were eating Mexican food and we were eating pizza and we were eating all this kind of stuff. And we were constantly under stress, like major stress. As a 24, 25-year-old kid, I was dealing with looking at about well, it was mounting, but by the time it was done, almost $200,000 that I lost in that business. And it wasn't money that I had to lose. It was money that was in a second mortgage and on credit cards and things like that. It was a lot and it was scary and it was nerve wracking. And I ate almost all of that junk food under massive stress. And I might've been praying for mercy at the time, but I probably wasn't looking too much at my gratitude cup and how full that was. So while I was young and theoretically well-equipped to digest this food, it was a perfect storm. The massive amount of stress, the significant amount of junk food, and the extended work hours with little sleep and everything else mounted up. And both me and my best friend ended up with severe acid reflux. Severe acid reflux. Like my doc... Uh, who examined me with the scope, said I had one of the worst cases he'd ever seen, and he did 800 of those things a year. Well, I was stubborn also. I didn't want to do drugs for this. I wanted to fix it. So I started eating better, but not super, super clean. My stress hadn't gone away at all, but in my mid-20s, I couldn't sleep at night because I'd wake up with just acid in my mouth all the time. I couldn't swallow things because I had a stricture uh, right in the middle of my chest. I can still point to it because I feel it every time I swallow something now. And I had a hard time swallowing pills. I had a hard time swallowing food. I would choke on food on a regular basis and oftentimes spend 10, 15, 20 minutes in a bathroom at a restaurant trying to get that food either to go down or get back up. It was a nasty, nasty situation that I found myself in. That's how bad it was. Well, I decided I was going to fix it. I didn't know how to fix it. I didn't even really understand what the heck I had done to myself at that time because, frankly, at that age, I just didn't understand all this stuff like I do now. And so I went to a buddy who was actually a sales rep of mine who represented a company called Allo Life. You may have heard Karen Masterson cook on Vitality Radio talking about aloe vera juice. Well, he represented that company all the way back then. This is now 25, 26 years ago. And he said, what you need to do to fix your problem is this. And he laid out a protocol for me and it contained digestive enzymes, probiotics, and aloe vera juice. Now, at the time, I didn't understand the whole stomach acid thing. And what I did understand about it indicated to me that I didn't want to add more because that's what was causing reflux. I was wrong, but that's what I believed at the time. And so I didn't do anything with apple cider vinegar or betaine HCL or anything like that. I just used these three things. And I was religious about it. And I did it for three full months. And he told me it should take a few months. And in three months, I hadn't noticed any significant improvement. Maybe a little bit here and there, but nothing that was wowing me. And in some cases, some ways, I almost felt like I, I might be just as bad off as when I started. So I was very concerned, and I went to him, and I said, Paul, hey, what's the deal, man? You said three months. I was going to start feeling better. I haven't. He said, give it one more month, Jared. This will work. And he sounded confident, and I trusted the guy. I believed in him, so I went ahead and did it one more month. And about halfway through that last month, I started feeling significantly better. Like, I don't know why it was like that with me, because frankly, most of the people I talk to that I recommend a similar protocol to don't suddenly have like a switch that gets flipped and all of a sudden they feel better. But that's what happened with me. It was very interesting. And by the end of the fourth month, I felt so much better. Now, I believe that the aloe vera juice just needed time to heal some things up. I don't know, though, for sure exactly what was going on. And frankly, I didn't have 
a great probiotic. I had one of the best probiotics that was on the market at that time, but we're talking 25 years ago and the advancements in probiotic research are mind boggling over the last 25 years. And uh, I didn't even have as good a probe as digestive enzymes are as, as are available today. So I was kind of hamstrung by what was currently on the market, but I had the best stuff that was on the market. And interestingly enough, the aloe life, aloe juice, which I still sell today is unchanged from that day. They haven't figured out a way to improve it. It's just as good as it ever was. But the other two have improved a lot. Long story too long, I haven't had acid reflux for the last almost 25 years. Like I get a little heartburn occasionally, but that's it. Almost never. And I have some repercussions of the significant reflux that I had back then and that I still have a hard time swallowing large pills. I'm a guy who sells pills for a living, so that's not optimal. Uh, I can swallow a lot of the stuff we sell. I can't swallow other things that we sell uh, because of that constriction or restriction that I have in the middle of my esophagus uh, from the scar tissue that built up there. But regardless, I haven't had reflux at all ever since. And frankly, I didn't clean up my diet nearly as much as I have now back then. I did clean it up some, but I relied heavily on supplements. I'd be lying if I told you I didn't. And I was taking pretty heavy doses of those supplements, but I got there. And the reason I want to share that story with you, even though you've probably already heard bits and pieces of it, I don't know if I've ever gone to that much detail, is because of this. I know that you sitting out there might not quite be willing to go seed oil free and reduce all of the refined sugar in your diet and quit eating out 100% and ditching grains and all of these things that we know are probably pretty bad for our gut. I also know that you need to hear that there's some hope for this because if you've been dealing with gut issues for an extended period of time, and you've tried a bunch of things, and you haven't had a lot of success, like what happened for the first three and a half months for me, I want you to know that you shouldn't give up. There are answers for you. It's different for you than it was for me, but it's similar. And I can help you figure this stuff out. I tell everybody that comes into my shop, and I recognize that if you're listening outside of Utah, you don't have that option, but you do have the option of reaching out to me um, or reaching out to one of my amazing people at Vitality, either on on the phone at 801-292-6662 or at vitalitynutrition.com. And you can ask these questions and get into the weeds a little bit more of your specific situation. So I just want you to know that you don't have to eat perfect to have good digestive health. I don't personally believe that we were meant to eat perfect. I think that A little splurge here and there is not the end of the world. But the sicker you are, the better off you are cleaning that up to get as healthy as you can. But I know that you might be starting out, which is kind of where I was. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous as I look back on it. I owned a health food store (laughs) and I still was starting out on my digestive health journey because I just didn't know then what I know now. And so it's it's okay. Wherever you're at, the information that I'm giving you applies to a large degree and can help you. And I hope that gives you a little bit of hope that you can get feeling better from your IBS or your acid reflux or your colitis or your Crohn's or your leaky gut or any of those kind of things. All right, let's talk supplements now and let's get into it with digestive enzymes. Digestive enzymes are one of my most favorite things to talk about. And I'm not going to go into much detail here at all because I've done some great shows on digestive enzymes that are very comprehensive uh, on my own and with some great guests. So look in the show description and you'll find the show I did with Julia on digestive enzymes. You can also find my Vital 5 digestive enzyme show. And yes, there will be a little bit of repetitiveness in there because I don't know how to do this show and not repeat some of what I said in there, but it doesn't ever hurt to hear some of this stuff two or three times, does it? All right. So what do digestive enzymes do? Everything I just said at the beginning, the supplemental enzymes do the same thing as your 
physical enzymes. They are basically bioidentical. They break down the food into its individual components. Who needs them? In my opinion, if you've got digestive discomfort, if you're tired after meals, if you have any gassiness or bloating of any kind on any kind of a consistent basis, I mean, an occasional thing here and there, you know, maybe not, but if it's consistent at all, um, if you struggle in the bathroom, whether it's diarrhea, constipation, or uh, some combination of the two. If you feel any level of anything other than great after you eat, you probably should consider digestive enzymes. And when do you take them? You take them with your meal. You can take them right as you're starting to eat. You can take them during the meal. You can take them right after the meal, but not much outside of that window. They really do need to be in the gut when your food is in there. And so that's when you want to take them. How much you need to take, that's going to vary from person to person. But here's the beauty of digestive enzymes. If you take 10 times or 1,000 times as many as you should, if you take an entire bottle of digestive enzymes, worst case scenario is maybe a little bit of stomach upset, diarrhea, something like that. It is They are incredibly safe. So you just have to sort of figure out what works. But one little thing as I talk about brands, there are lots of digestive enzymes on the market that try to be everything to everyone. I don't think that is wise. So what do I mean by that? What I mean is I'm going to talk about digestive enzymes. I'm going to talk about probiotics. I'm going to talk about bile salts. I'm going to talk about acid like betaine HCL or apple cider vinegar. Those are all things we're going to talk about on the show. They're all amazing components to optimal digestion, but not everybody needs all of them. And there are many products that contain all of those things or a combination of three or four of those things trying to be a multi-digestive blend from some really good companies. And I just don't think it's wise. I've had so many people over the years come into me at Vitality and I ask them, they're, they're complaining about their digestive issues, and I ask them about digestive enzymes and they say, yes, I've used them. They don't help. They make me feel worse. If your digestive enzyme makes you feel worse, A, you've got the wrong digestive enzyme, okay? But B, almost guaranteed there's something else in there besides enzymes. There's betaine HCL in there, or there's ox bile, or there's a combination of the two. And the truth is, if you need all three, awesome. That formula could be good. But it probably still doesn't have the right ratios for you. This is the challenge with digestive health. It's just plain different for everybody because your biology is obviously different, but so is your diet, so is your level of stress, so is your age, so is your other the other components of your health picture. All of that stuff is different, and so there isn't a one-size-fits-all digestive aid for everybody. There just simply isn't one, and that can be a little frustrating because if somebody comes into me and says, hey, I want to approach this naturally, what do I do to optimize my digestive system? I usually, after several questions, have to recommend two or three or sometimes even four products. And nobody wants to take two or three or four products for one problem. So yes, companies have proper motivation to try to eliminate that need. But I'm telling you, in my opinion, it simply doesn't work. So what type of digestive enzyme are you looking for? I believe you should look for a digestive enzyme that doesn't have anything else in it, unless it's herbs, anti-inflammatory herbs with enzymes can be really, really complementary. And um, herbal bitters in a digestive enzyme can be very complementary. And I haven't run into people having issues with that combination. Also, if you put enzymes with probiotics, generally speaking, you're going to be okay. But enzymes with apple cider vinegar, enzymes with betaine HCL, enzymes with um, ox bile or bile salts, I think that's a bad idea, at least to start. You might graduate to a combination like that once you sort of figure out what you're uh, what your situation is and how your body responds. The brands that I trust the most, I have a product called Assimilate. It's in my Vital 5 brand. Uh, Assimilate is the one that I use by and large 
probably 90% of the time. Occasionally, I'll experiment with another enzyme just to test out different things, but that's what I use. And it works great for almost everybody. And it's a very simple enzyme. But that, in my opinion, is what most people need. It's just a very simple enzyme that covers all the bases. It's called Assimilate, uh, the number eight, because the eight itself uh, stands for the eight different types of digestive enzymes that are in there, which I think for most people are enough. One or two with each meal is a good dose. I usually recommend two at least initially, and then if you can work your way down to one, uh, that's fine. But if you're eating a heavy meal, you're eating something like, you know, super complex like lasagna or pizza or something like that has a lot to digest, you might call it a gut bomb type of a meal, then three or four enzyme capsules is great. If you feel like you need something a little bit more potent, then Digest Gold from Enzymetica is one of my very favorite enzymes. It's probably the strongest one on the market. And frankly, I think it's overkill for a lot of people. It won't hurt you, but it'll cost you more than you probably need to spend. And then if you have a lot of food sensitivities, then Digest Spectrum from Enzymetica is a fantastic combination. So those are my three favorite of the digestive enzymes. We also do have, if you like the idea of one that has some digestive bitters in it, which I'll talk about a little bit uh, today as well, and some spore probiotics, the back on tract formula, which is a formula I developed way back when, almost 13 years ago, that was built based on my experience getting over acid reflux to try and give people a closer to all-in-one combination. But I didn't put any of those other things in it that bother so many people because of my experience with, with formulas that have that. So back on track is another great one. Of course, we'll link to all of these in the show description. Okay, probiotics. Now, I've talked probiotics ad nauseum on this show. I love probiotics. I love to talk about them. I could do a show called Vitality Probiotic Radio and talk about them every week, and I would never get tired of it. Uh, so I guess it's not really ad nauseum, but a lot. So I'm going to go into very, very, very minimal detail here, okay? But what you need to understand when it comes to probiotics and your digestive health, especially if you're dealing with what feels like, quote-unquote, upper um, digestive issues like reflux and things like that, is that the digestive system is indeed a system from your mouth to your anus it's a system. There are compartments within that system, but that system all works together in harmony if it has all the right material to do so. So we always want to recognize that even though probiotics work primarily in the colon, they can improve your health upstream as well. Even though digestive enzymes work primarily in the upper intestinal tract and in the stomach, they can improve the outcome down in the colon as well, and so on and so on. So probiotics matter in a big way. What do they do? I'm not going to talk about that right now, other than they fortify the digestive system and the immune system. Um, I'll link to many shows on probiotics. You can really do a deep dive there. My favorite one is episode 306, which I, excuse me, entitled The Great Debate. I will say this, I believe spore-forming probiotics for rebuilding the gut, if you've got significant issues and if they've been chronic for a while, I highly recommend spore-forming probiotics, uh, Precision Probiotic being my, my brand and my favorite, uh, to get to true recovery of the digestive system. But uh, Vital Planet probiotics are fantastic, uh, and we'll link to the show that I did with um, Vital Planet uh, with Brenda Watson. We can talk a little bit about that, and we talk a lot about that in that show. Those are going to be more symptom relief right here, right now, and so those are the brands that I like the best. When do you take them? That's actually more simple, typically just once a day with most of them. And who needs them? Anybody who's been on antibiotics recently or especially if they're on antibiotics in childhood or anybody who ha is just trying to maintain an optimal uh, gut and immune system. They're part of my Vital Five as well. I believe everybody needs them at least periodically, if not every single day. Okay, the next item would be the acids. There's two different forms that you can use supplementally. There's what's called betaine HCL, which is hydrochloric acid from beets. Um, betaine HCL, I think, can actually come from a couple other sources now too. But 
regardless, betaine HCL is supposed to be basically bioidentical to your stomach acid. Therefore, you would think it would be the best option. And in many cases, it is. But it's a, quite a bit more harsh than apple cider vinegar. It's also more expensive. And if you take too much, it, it won't, I don't believe it'll hurt you, but it can create more symptoms, more side effects, more acid reflux, uh, more digestive discomfort. I believe it's the HCL and a lot of these digestive enzyme formulas I was telling you about that actually make people feel worse instead of better when they're on those formulas. So the betaine HCL is my second option, not my first. My first option is apple cider vinegar, which you can absolutely drink uh, if you want to do that. I recommend diluting it in water. If you're going to do that, maybe add a little bit of honey or stevia to it. Uh, you can use fire cider. I love fire cider. Uh, and um, uh, Haley Manis has a fantastic fire cider. We'll link that in the show description as well. But if you're like most people, you're just going to want to swallow the capsules. You're not going to want to mess with having to mix something up. You're not going to want the intensity of apple cider vinegar with your meal. Totally up to you. I personally love apple cider vinegar, but not everybody does. But still, from a convenience standpoint, capsules are king, right? So I would highly recommend doing the capsules. Um, who needs them? This one's a little tougher. If you're over 50, I would anticipate you probably would benefit from apple cider vinegar. I personally do not take apple cider vinegar every time I eat, but I take it with any of my more heavy meals, okay? And I'll take two capsules typically with my heavier meals, one capsule with a little lighter meal or no capsules if it's a fairly simple meal. And that works for me. But the beauty of apple cider vinegar is you're going to know if it's working or not because you're either going to feel better or you're not. If you're dealing with reflux issues, heartburn and that kind of stuff, then absolutely apple cider vinegar. I wish I would have known how effective it could have been for me in the uh, 25 years ago during my reflux story. I didn't know that, so I didn't use it. And uh, I think I could have gotten there a lot quicker. So apple cider vinegar capsules, also very safe to experiment with higher doses. Some people take three or four capsules per meal. Some people take one or two capsules per meal. But freely experiment with them. They're very inexpensive to use and they can be extremely helpful and they're either going to work or they're not. And the cool thing about apple cider vinegar, particularly when it pertains to heartburn, is it works very, very quickly. You don't have to be on it for a month to see results. You'll start to see benefit right away. Digestive enzymes are the same way. You should start to see benefit right away. Probiotics take a little bit more time. I forgot to mention that when we went into those. Okay. Aloe vera juice. Now, I will say that um, what does it do? Um, it's primarily anti-inflammatory to the gut. It has all kinds of benefits for sure. Uh, it is an herbal bitter. It actually prepares the stomach and helps the stomach make more acid. It is healing the same way as it is on a sunburn. It helps to acidify the gut over time as well as uh, immediately, and it helps you to absorb anything else that you're taking with it, including your meal, better, but also your supplements than you would without the aloe vera. So that's kind of what it does, but how do you use it? Who needs it? All that kind of stuff. Well, I don't know that anybody quote unquote needs aloe vera juice. It is not a nutrient. Um, it is not something that the body normally produces that we're running out of, like the prior three things that we talked about. It's different. But if you have a chronic um, issue that's been going on for a while in your gut, and I really don't care which type of chronic issue, it could be everything from diverticulitis, which well, I guess that's more of an acute problem, but a lot of people get rebound diverticulitis, uh, or IBS, or Crohn's, or colitis, or leaky gut, or any of those types of things, acid reflux. Aloe vera juice almost definitely can help. It's powerfully anti-inflammatory to the intestinal tract, and it basically heals the lining up and heals the gut the way that it heals a sunburn. Um, the problem is you can't slather it on and leave it. It has to wash through, and so it takes time. I believe that it was the aloe that finally kicked in at three and a half months for me, I don't know for sure, but that's the thing that's most logical to me. And so aloe does take time. You've got to do it consistently. And the only brand that I recommend because it is 
for me, a life changer and a game changer, but I've seen so many benefits with it over the years, is the Aloe Life brand. I simply think they make the best aloe in the business. They have a stomach plus formula for digestive health that I absolutely love. They also, as a side note, have a detox formula that's fantastic if you're just trying to kind of cleanse the system and heal at the same time, but don't have a lot of gut issues. The Aloe Detox is fantastic in that way. And so that's, uh, oh, and then how to take it. This one's a little bit tougher because aloe, um, I always recommend a little working up a little slowly because uh, some people get a little bit of uh, discomfort with aloe when they first start on it. Usually it's diarrhea if they're going to have an issue. It doesn't happen to most people, but it can happen. So start small with like a teaspoon in the morning, a teaspoon at night, or a teaspoon with each meal is great. You're going to want to work your way up to a tablespoon in the morning and night, um, or even a tablespoon with each meal is fantastic. But you got to kind of work your way up slowly uh, and then get to that um, optimal dose of the tablespoon twice a day. And then you just do that until you feel like you've, you're doing much, much better. And then... Do it for another few weeks or a month. And if you're consistently feeling much better, you can start to um, take the aloe out. I usually recommend um, you can cold turkey it for for sure, but I usually recommend just kind of weaning down over a month or two so you're still getting some of that extra benefit as you're going off of it. And then just see how you do without it. If you don't do great without it and you feel a lot better when you're on it, keep taking it. A lot of people take it daily and there's no harm in taking it daily. But if you're wanting to use use it as more of a treatment type of a uh, scenario, the way that you would, like I say, on a sunburn, then you can do it short term. But short term with aloe internally, does mean a few months at least, okay? All right, and then the last thing is the bile salts or ox bile. Bile salts and ox bile are the, basically the same thing. Um, there's even something out there known as Tudka now, which is supposed to be a super strong version of it. I don't know much about Tudka, so I'm not going to focus on that too much. But basically, if you don't have a gallbladder, you need it. You probably don't need it every time you eat, but you would probably do benefit from it every time you eat a moderate to high fat meal. Um, it's all based on how you feel. If you do take more ox bile than you need, you will feel a little bit of warmth or burning in your stomach. It won't hurt you, but it can feel a little uncomfortable short term. So you start small. My favorite ox bile is the Nutricology brand. It comes in a 125 milligram and a 500 milligram capsule. I always recommend starting with 125 milligrams. Obviously four of those is equal to one of the 500 milligram. Most people don't need 500 milligrams per meal. They might need it with that, you know, lasagna or pizza or fried chicken or whatever. But uh, most people need, I would say, between 125 and maybe 375 um, per meal, depending on the size of the meal and, and the amount of fat in the meal. And you just have to experiment with that and see what's going on to figure out what works for you. So start with a smaller dose, work your way up. Uh, that's definitely the best way to go with ox bile. And if you have a gallbladder, but you struggle with digesting fats or you uh, tend to get gallstones or gallbladder discomfort, then ox bile can make a lot of sense uh, for you as well. I have a gallbladder. My sweetheart, Jen, does not have a gallbladder. She uses ox bile a lot more often than I do. But if we are eating a higher fat meal, uh, then I'll take a little bit of ox bile with that meal. And I find that I feel better when I do that. Um, okay, let's talk about the combination of these things now. I've listed five things. I could call them the vital five of digestive health, but they're not all vital to everybody. So they don't quite match my other vital five that I always talk about. Uh, but they are kind of the five big ones. It's digestive enzymes, probiotics, two of which are my vital, in those, those two are my vital five. Apple cider vinegar or betaine HCL, but again, my favorite is apple cider vinegar, at least initially, uh, aloe vera juice and ox bile. You can take all five of these in conjunction with each other. The vast majority of people I've worked with don't need all five. And so as you're listening to this show, and if you need to go back and take notes or whatever, you know, it's really the last about 30 minutes of this show that has all the, this detail in it, um, sort of figure out what you think you need based on what I've said. If you deal with a lot of, if you've got a gallbladder, or even if you don't have a gallbladder, but you still have um, gall 
stone type pain. Believe it or not, that can happen. Um, it's called biliary reflux where the bile ducts actually get clogged up. Um, apple cider vinegar capsules and apple cider vinegar juice are going to be your best friend. They're going to help to thin the bile and help the body get that stuff uh, through. And so keep that in mind as just sort of an add-on. But basically, probiotics you're going to need consistently, um, at least periodically, like I tell people. Um, very much dependent on what your gut picture is. And it's just varies from person to person. And I've addressed that in more detail in other shows. Enzymes, once you're on enzymes and they're working for you, you're just going to take enzymes all the time because it's that trust fund. You're not getting that back. You need to just keep supplementing it. Apple cider vinegar kind of depends. I uh, I did never use it in my reflux journey, but I've worked with a lot of people with reflux that have used it. And I would say most of them use it all the time, use it with each meal, but most of them are able to use a lot less of it than they originally started out using. And then I have many people that use it like I do, just with bigger, heavier meals. They'll use a little bit of apple cider vinegar, but they won't use it every single day. And uh, you again, you can kind of play with that one. Aloe, I don't think you need it every day. You can use it every day. It's really good for you, and I wouldn't discourage you using it, but uh, you just use it until you don't feel like you need it anymore. And then I think it's not a bad idea if you want to do some maintenance with aloe to do it for a month or two every year. Uh, just kind of heal up some things, reduce some inflammation in the gut, all that kind of thing. Um, so those are kind of the, the that that's the protocol. It's not a protocol for everyone. It's a protocol that's different for everyone, but those are the key elements to the protocol. Don't forget what I talked about at the very top of the show, the gratitude, the breath work, the who you're focused on and what you're focused on while you're eating, and of course, the chewing your food. Those are all part of the protocol too. We're going to link everything that we possibly can in the show description so you've got all kinds of additional information so you know where to find the right brands and products that we talked about here. I hope that this show was extremely helpful for you. I really, really do. I think it's a valuable, valuable uh, bunch of information. And to close it out, I'll just say that nature's secret really is digestion and elimination. If you can get those two things working right, so many other things come into play. Everything improves when our digestive system improves. Literally everything. Thank you so much for listening to me. If you have questions, call us 801-292-6662 or jump online, vitalitynutrition.com. I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. You've been listening to the Vitality Radio podcast. Enjoy your week. In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. The FDA has not evaluated this podcast. This podcast is provided with the understanding that information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for care by a medical professional. Thank you.